ever since I left the city, you started wearing less and going out more. Glasses of champagne out on the dance floor. Hanging with some girls I never seen before. You used to call me on my cell phone. Late night when you need my love. Call me on my cell phone. Late night when you need my love. I know when that hotline blink. That can only mean one thing. I know when that hotline blink. That can only mean one thing. Ever since I left the city, you, 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 you and me, we just don't get along. You make me feel like I did you wrong. Going places where you don't belong. Ever since I left the city, you, you got exactly what you asked for. Running out of pages in your passport. Hanging with some girls I've never seen before. You used to call me on my cell phone Late night when you need my love Call me on my cell phone Late night when you need my love And I know when that hotline blink That can only mean one thing I know when that hotline blink That can only mean one thing These days, all I do is wonder if you're bending over backwards for someone else. Wonder if you're rolling up a backwards for someone else. Doing things I taught you getting nasty for someone else. You don't need no one else. You don't need nobody else. No. Why you never alone? Why you always touch a road? Used to always stay at home. Be a good girl. You was in the zone. Yeah. You should just be yourself Right now you're someone else You used to call me on my cell phone Late night when you need my love Call me on my cell phone Well, uh, good evening. It's a little after 6.30 Eastern Standard Time and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim Dwyer. And uh, I guess we'll just dispense with the debating the debates about the debates. <laughs> Absolutely ludicrous. I caught it uh, about two-thirds of it on the radio. In fact, I was kind of fortunate in that I was listening to a little bit of the World Series, and I flipped it over right when good old Ted Cruz went on his tirade. And you got to give Ted Cruz credit. That was one of the best non-answers in debate history. He was asked a question about economics, and what he did was he attacked the questions. And he attacked his fellow candidates. It was brilliant. He said, Carson, you can't add. <laughs> Trump is a comic strip villain. <laughs> Bush's poll numbers are bad. This is my one shot. I'm going to rattle them all off. Rubio, you should resign. Oh, there's a little man over there that's attacking other people. Uh, but the only thing he didn't do, because he looks so much like Joe McCarthy, <laughs> is uh, tell Bush, just sit down, old man. <laughs> it was brilliant. So uh, you got to give Cruz uh, credit for that pre-planned answer. He actually, you can tell that he ad-libbed it a bit, but the attack was obviously planned. Mysteries remain as to why Bush 
who once again performed poorly, awkwardly, and foolishly, went after Rubio. I don't get it. Uh, so Rubio was prepared for that. So what we had, as usual, was a kind of a mud pie fight. You Egan, get the, the sensation that Bush really is not personally interested. Would rather not go through this. Yeah, he's in a kind of an odd position because he's raised so much money. I couldn't really figure out why he even was worried about Rubio or why he's worried about Rubio other than they're both from the state of Florida. But I did kind of go back and check out some of my campaign clippings to figure out what might explain it other than some of his advisors mentioned it as a strategy. And, of course, there were uh, calls earlier in the week for Rubio to resign his Senate seat because apparently his uh, attendance record has been unusually bad. But um, Maybe he's just spending time with his family. But I figured it out, and what it is is it's 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 the fundraising issue. Um, and I'm trying to see if I can find this actual chart from earlier in the summer. But what was interesting in this article was it it had a lot of details about the actual. Oh, here it is. It's from the Sunday, July nineteenth edition of the. New York Times, in which they have a scene, a crowded field, top donors are withholding cash. And what it was specifically about were the Romney bundlers. Uh, the Romney bundlers were, of course, Romney's primary fundraisers back in 2012. And Jeb Bush, heads and shoulders above the rest of the field, it basically notes that about 200 out of the 1,000 Romney bundlers have given money to candidates, and Bush had 123, and Rubio was second with 49. Ted Cruz and Lindsey Graham were tied for third with 14, and from there on it dropped off considerably. Interestingly, four of these bundlers had actually given money to Hillary Rodham Clinton. I guess that's what it is. It's sort of the mainstream versus this bizarre outsider thing that's going on within the Republican Party in the in the uh, manifestation of Carson's rise in the poll polls, Trump and his outrageous statements and Fiorini's temp temporary situation. Fascinating. If you actually go back and look at the polls, polls to me don't matter all that much at the moment, but they do reflect momentum. And they do reflect a little bit of movement. Donald Trump has not moved an inch since before the first debate. He is His number is the same as it was. So the debates have actually done nothing for Donald Trump, which you might find surprising. But they haven't been the disaster for him that some had anticipated. And he seemed to disappear in this debate. I sort of missed the beginning where there were some fireworks amongst the other candidates. But Trump just sort of... Was he asleep? <laughs> he, 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 I didn't. I don't even think I heard his voice for about twenty minutes. Oh, he was probably too busy thinking about his uh, upcoming gig on Saturday Night Live, or maybe that was this last weekend. I don't remember, but sometime soon. Going as a scary Halloween character. So yeah, cleaning up the barn. 
What a great phrase that uh, John Boehner used to describe getting uh, the House's business in some semblance of order to hand over the reins to Paul Ryan. Big favor there in raising the debt ceiling. Quite interesting that Rubio, Cruz, and Rand Paul, who, by the way, is going nowhere in this race, and I'm surprised he's still in the race. Mm. We know why he's not going to ever have any traction within the Republican Party. The only issue he really agrees with the Republicans on is uh, cutting taxes. So an economic debate in and of itself, to me, is not a strength of what the Republican Party is selling in terms of snake oil. And Ben Carson, you know, he's one of the people complaining the loudest about the unfairness of the questions. Gotcha. Bizarre. He's asked a question about his relationship with this herbal supplement company. We don't For need... whom at one time he was a paid spokesman. Yeah, we don't need to mention uh, their name, but he, 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 he proceeds to say, well, that was total propaganda. And then he begins to enumerate the precise relationship with the company, claiming, I don't, it's complete propaganda. I have done some speeches for money, and I take the product, <laughs> which might explain why he seems to be fast asleep during the debates. <laughs> It's very strange. Well, uh, the less said, the better. And I think maybe that's why his numbers, in part, have grown. It's those who are squeamish about the outrageousness and flamboyance of a character like Donald Trump might uh, think, well, let's you know throw our uh, resources behind the, the quiet fellow who doesn't want to say much at all. Um, yeah, maybe that's it's... the safer bet. And it's quite clear that he benefited from Walker dropping out. One of the things that's interesting about this polling information that came on the eve of the first debate uh, showed that Walker was actually in second place. And this was average polls that Fox was using to determine who got in the debate, you know, the undercard, mm -hmm. the overcard, et cetera. Walker uh, at the time was in third place with 11.6%. Uh, so, it seems to me that all of his support, Carson's support, has come mainly from Scott Walker's base and a little bit from Mike Huckabee and certainly some from George W. Bush, who's still trying to figure out what he's doing in the race. <laughs> you know, the policy wonk. David Brooks had an interesting comment about Brooks. He said, well, he's just the wrong man in the wrong year. He's got 300 years of WASP background. Jeb. Jeb, yeah. yeah. The, why, why he's been awkward as a candidate. He keeps putting out policy papers. Hasn't his own mother even recently been quoted as saying, we've had enough Bushes in the White House? Yeah. <laughs> America agrees. We've certainly had enough shrubs, and of course, one of Jeb's problems is that he can't really explain away the uh, disastrous presidency of his brother. Let's remember that when George Bush, W. Bush, left office, his numbers were lower than Richard Nixon's. That is a remarkable achievement. Indeed. <laughs> so, of course, W. Bush is hiding in a shrub somewhere painting... Uh, 
pastels and watercolors and whatever the heck he's doing. Uh, I'm sure he's playing a lot of golf. But, uh, you know, Jeb Bush is, is, you know, obviously for him it's going to come down to New Hampshire. And one of the important things to realize, and I'll just throw out this number, because I, I do like uh, the, uh, the some of the political science of all of this. In the Republican primary in Iowa, uh, about 58% of the voters are evangelical Christians. Mm. So it's pretty well established that Ben Carson is doing quite well with this constituency. Whereas in New Hampshire, it's only 22%. And, of course, New Hampshire will have probably a very interesting crossover situation uh, involving both parties, for that matter. But as the debate went on, I kind of wondered, where are the real questions about economics? What's, you know, what's what, why aren't we talking about the cost of college? What's up with infrastructure? Why don't we have a question about the Amtrak situation? Uh, corporate uh, tax evasion. This new gig economy that's creating a lot of problems in certain areas. The budget issues, the infrastructure issues. What about women's economic issues? Carly Fiorini threw in something on that subject, and after a while I began listening to these guys, and I thought I was at a populist revival from the 19th century. <laughs> but, of course, their big panacea for everything are tax cuts. Right. So where do they go with that? Um, you know, I think that obviously there were some questions that were uh, a little on the uh, less desirable or trivial side of the equation. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Ben Carson can't do math. <laughs> Ted Cruz attacked him on that, even though he's got more or less the same plan. So, it, 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 to me, I don't know what's going to happen now. There's all this critique of the uh, questions and how the how the things are going to move forward here. The most famous debates in American political history were the Lincoln-Douglas debates. Why don't candidates just get together one-on-one, -on -one, set up their own reality TV show? Well, <laughs> that's... You'd think on on paper that's a great idea, a reality TV show about the political process. Uh, but it's, of course, the reality of reality TV is that it's tightly controlled. Um, it's it's not random actual reality. It's a scripted vehicle. I mean, anytime you point a camera at something, the dynamics of performance kick in, and the uh, actual pre-recorded reality disappears. Um, the Lincoln-Douglas debates, of course, were about substantive issues uh, that were uh, on the verge of tearing the country apart, literally, in civil war. Yeah, and it, some of them, by the way, lasted, I think, three to four hours. You know, Donald Trump is complaining about them being too long. The problem is that there's just too many candidates on if on he needs stage. a bathroom break, you know, that could be arranged. <laughs> well, I'm sure he needs a comb, a comb over break. <laughs> we need a hair work repeat. Uh, get, get it here next ad break. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, but I mean, th that's just it. Is that uh, 
they they don't want to talk about actual issues because uh, it's all about the soundbite. It's all about staying on program. Uh, don't talk about reality because we either don't know what we're going to do or it's so unpalatable that uh, there's no point in talking about it. I mean, another reason I think Bush is a reluctant candidate is that uh, it's being reported that uh, – he, he's he's announced, I was told by my advisors to be angrier, but that's not who I am. Well, that's a bizarre public assertion to right. sort of refute your own coaching. The coaches are probably right. The demographic he's pitching to likes angry white guys, yes. uh, especially if they throw in populist rhetoric, uh, even if they're uh, waspy elites. Um, certainly his father and brother played that game. But uh, if he doesn't want to be who he isn't, uh, then stay home. You know, that, that money is just going to fall into one of these other uh, camps. Uh, they're just looking for the least objectionable guy here. And uh, it's thin going, thin scraping. Well, it's thin going. And what's uh, some of the Republican uh, sort of uh, professional handlers as they say people that have worked in previous campaigns who've been interviewed and spoken on tv and radio keep talking about the phenomena that there is this period before iowa where there's a lot of movement there's a flavor of the week fiorini was the flavor mm. of the week after trump attacked her um and by the way trump's uh stasis in the polls could pro could well be explained by that. Yeah. Uh, he hasn't moved really since. And I don't know that he's going to. Uh, ben Carson seems to have taken over for, you know, saying dumb and outrageous things, clueless things. Um, he, for instance, a couple of weeks ago in response to the uh, tragedy that happened in Oregon uh, at the college there, the community college, actually brought up the Nazis and said that the Nazis took over Germany because of gun control laws. This, of course, was shot down immediately as factually inaccurate. He's made some strange comments about Margaret Sanger, of all mm. people. I couldn't figure that one out, but we can talk more about Ben Carson at some point. I suspect he's peaked and will begin to de decline a bit. And, of course, the new flavor of the week is Rubio. Is he going to be able to cachet momentum? I, I don't know. Um, he's still had problems fundraising, though one of these uh, big uh, donors publicly announced that he's uh, he's going for, uh, I've got his name here, Paul Singer, who back on the 19th of July was, quote, uncommitted. Well, he's now decided to bet on Rubio. Um Christy, what's he doing in the race still? <laughs> cree, 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 cree. Cue the cricket noise. <laughs> By the way, the uh, New Jersey state races may um, show the weakness of Christy because he's once again got a pretty bad, shabby record in New Jersey. Uh, yet he's running on uh, that. The New York Times called for him to resign, calling <laughs> his run for the presidency a vanity project. <laughs> And I thought, ooh, I wonder what uh, what Donald Trump's run for the presidency is. Um, we don't know. 
Uh, but obviously, a rich fantasy trip. <laughs> Rubio was was sitting there waiting for Jeb Bush to, and you know who could have predicted that he would attack Rubio? I I don't know why he bothered. Um, well, I mean, Ed, Ed, uh, Ted Cruz has sort of uh, attacked Rubio too. Once chums, they came in with the Tea Party uh, energy. Yes. Uh, and now, of course, Rubio wisely distancing himself from Ted Cruz. The young, fresh fellows. <laughs> right. <laughs> Though they do seem to have big distinctions on uh, on immigration. This, in fact, was Rubio's Achilles heel uh, going into these Republican primaries. He was a little more um, dovish on the immigration issue. And, of course, that's what makes him potentially, at least maybe in the future, more electable than some of these other guys because yeah. he isn't on the extreme end like most everybody else on this Republican roster is. Well, and he he's not. And, and of course, Rand Paul, his problem is that uh, he questions uh, Americans' muscular foreign policy, foreign wars. Mm-hmm. That's completely out of touch with the Republican um, brand of unnecessary wars that are not paid for. Um, I mean, I still think, I, why not some questions about the efficacy of charter schools? This, of course, is a big, really an economic issue. Um, and it is at, at the heart of a, a fundamental Republican argument that we need more charter schools. Well, what's, what's the data say? What's, what's the accountability? Test scores from around the country are, are showing that charter schools are not doing terribly well in a lot of places. I'm sure that there have been some individual successes, but let's find out why there are successes and why there are failures. And um, I mean, this this anger that's that's sort of omnipresent in these debates is, I mean, it's just, it's ceaseless. Uh, Shortly after the second debate, um, Timothy Egan, writing on his analysis of the situation in the Sunday New York Times that week, the September 20th edition, where the conservative Ross Dohut was talking a lot about Carson's success and why he would ultimately fail, pointing out that Pat Robertson and Mike Huckabee um, had won in Iowa. Uh, with this evangelical base. But uh, instead, as Timothy Egan noted, after the second debate where they held it at the Ronald Reagan Presidential Library, where, quote, sunny optimism of the Gipper was nowhere to be found. Instead, we heard dark stories of auctioned fetus brains, a world falling apart, promises to kick people off health care. And that was before the leading candidate suggested that vaccines cause autism. Later in the piece, he notes that Ben Carson, who looks like he can't find his glasses after waking up from a long nap, also threw a few chips into the Trump loser poker game, which is what the theme of this uh, column was about. He said, while not calling for a police state roundup of immigrants that Trump promotes, He advocated turning off the spigot that dispenses all the goodies so that we don't have people coming here, including employment. That's a 
Republican message on immigration. And notice that the newly anointed Paul Ryan has immediately announced that there will be no immigration reform under Barack Obama's presidency. Hence, this can continue to be a festering debate talking point of the debates themselves. Mm. How charming. The only guy on stage (laughs) that has any semblance of occasional sanity is John Kasich, pointing out, how are we going to round up these 12 million people, Mr. Trump? How are we going to pay for these these, uh, massive tax cuts? Because the reality about the budget of course, is that very a very, very small percentage of it is called discretionary spending. If you're not going to cut Medicare and you're not going to default on the debt, something that Rubio, Cruz, and Rand Paul just voted for, uh, that would literally throw the American and international economy into turmoil, um, you know, the fantasies is what John Kasich talked about. Now, John Kasich has a angry man problem himself, but, um, you know, he, he, what he's promoting is his experience that he, that he worked on the budget uh, committee while he was in Washington, that he's been the governor of Ohio. Trump, of course, swatted that way, that all away and claimed that uh, it was all because of fracking in Ohio. Um, it actually sort of kind of turns out to be uh, economic development in the Columbus, Ohio area, as a couple of experts pointed out, mm. that it was actually a concerted effort by community leaders to put money into rebuilding Columbus, Ohio. You mean if you actually devote resources and spending to local communities, it might promote economic growth and more opportunities for other people? You got it. <laughs> and, of course, meanwhile, here in the state of Michigan, our bozos that are leading <clears throat> our state legislature can't come up with any sort of concept about how to fix the roads because they will not raise taxes. They, they have this obsession with coming up with budget gimmicks, shenanigans, hanky-panky, and all sorts of other rubbish as if the savings that were going to be passed down to the average taxpayer are bountiful, which, of course, is not true, because if the roads are fixed, uh, that's better for the economy and for the overall well-being of your car uh, in the first place. Yeah. And, of course, if Carson remains the, the, the so-called sort of co-leader with Trump as a, as a front runner, more examination of these bizarre statements are forthcoming. For instance, let's recall that he called Obamacare the worst development in America since slavery. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's uh, pretty weird. A weird comment to be making. Um, you know, there's Donald Trump actually believes in the single payer system, or he did at one time. Um, but anyway, it's fascinating to me that Trump. Uh, it's going nowhere in the polls. He's he's uh, I think I don't think he's out of the game, but he likes to brag about the fact that he's ahead everywhere. And that's why you, sh- you should vote for him. But the reality is, is he's kind of hit a brick wall. I don't know whether his hair got there first or his head. He's got the big head. 
Well, he's got the money for the the staying power. Uh, whether or not uh, he's going to bow out after a couple of disappointing showings in primaries, as of course is typically what happens to candidates whose spending is not at their own discretion. Um, you know, it's it is a sort of a vanity project for him, clearly too. So I think he's probably in it for uh, for the long haul, uh, regardless. But uh, how much longer some of these other bozos can stay in the game is, uh, you know, it's just they're on other people's money. So as long as that's floating. Yeah, and of course a lot of them have serious money problems. They they aren't really raising enough money to to stay in the race they can show up at the debates another great topic that might be worth considering for one of these debates is uh election finance reform oh that would be nice but that's once again a something that will never happen um because what we've seen by the way from the so-called freedom caucus uh if you look at the maps of what districts they represent around the country they are the most gerrymandered mm. outrageously shaped congressional districts in uh, American history. They look like Kyrgyzstan. <laughs> I mean, they zigzag around and they've been um, given safe seats uh, in which they can <laughs> vote to shut, to default on the debt. And uh, where Paul Ryan is going with that uh, mess, I have no idea. It's back to herding cats, I guess. Um, obviously, they've overcome this uh, default situation, which I'm sure Barack Obama is absolutely delighted about. He doesn't have to deal with this anymore during mm -hmm. his presidency. And this is a serious economic issue. But uh, sense of urgency or sense of reality? No. Totally absent. And of course, you know, a bizarre week with China announcing uh, the, the end of the one child policy for demographic reasons. They don't have enough future uh, workers <laughs> and supporters of their non-existent uh, social safety net. Um, negotiations in Vienna uh, with Russia, Saudi Arabia, and Iran over the situation in Syria. Uh, Turkish elections, in which were a bit of a surprise. Islamist Party a resurgent? Erdogan basically was able to cache recent uh, unfortunate terrorist events in Turkey to surprisingly take a commanding uh, control of the parliament there. Uh, obviously, this incident in with the airplane, we don't know anything about that factually, but... Uh, the odds are just as good that it's a mechanical failure by a poorly run company than it is terrorism sadly. Indeed. Well, we are out of time. We would like to thank Andrew for engine engineering this evening. Do stay tuned. Yazoo City Calling coming up next right here on WCBN FM and Arbor. What do you do when you know that you're wrong? What do you do when you know that you're wrong? What do you do when you know that you know? When you know that you're wrong You got, got to, to face, face the music, music. You got, got to listen to the Cosmos song You got to face the music You got to listen to the Cosmos song What do you do when you know that you know That you know that you're wrong 
What you do when you know that you know That you know that you're wrong You got to face the music You got to listen to the Cosmos song You got to face the music You got to listen to the Cosmos song What do you do 